the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, back to Lifeline. All right, we're back. One line open, one 367 If you want to join our topic today, let's go to line number two and talk with John and Hayward. John, are you there? Yes, I'm here. What's your question, comment, or observation, sir? Oh, I just wanted to comment on further what you were talking about earlier with this whole uh, gender identity. And uh, I just I just thought it was interesting because just even today, I'm at work, I get an email, and they want me to fill out a voluntary form to tell them what race I identify as and what sex I am. Yep. And and I got the form, email, and I just kind of choked, and I'm like, this this is like your stereotypical worldly view, but I've been given a great opportunity to see the difference because I know my Lord and Savior. <clears throat> he didn't identify himself as any race. He identified himself as the Son of Man. And I want to thank God primarily for his word because that's what gives us clarity and understanding what we truly are, not based on our own gender or our race, but through him, we are either of the world, which is of the devil, or we are of his will, which is of his father's. I agree with that. Where, I would agree with that. With. Oh, you know what you need to do? You need to cut me down. I'm not cutting you down, sir. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got to cut the I'm radio down. You, so, oh, I'm, I don't have the radio on, sir. Okay, I'm hearing something in the background. Um, no, I agree with you on the... Uh, status of our Savior. Now, he was a Jew. He did affirm that, but it wasn't a prominent statement when he made made the statement in John 4, salvation is of the Jews. He is the quintessential Jew. But what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5.15, John, which is something that the church has to learn as well, is that Paul said, henceforth, we know no man after the flesh. In other words, Paul would not succumb to ethnic distinctions and ethnic battles like we're having in our world today about different races, whether you're white, black, you know, our color spectrum. Paul had a theology that did exactly what you said, exalted Christ to the highest status where he is a new creature. And if a man is really a believer in Christ and a woman is really a believer in Christ, they should be owning their new creature status. Now, on a horizontal level, John, you have to be honest about that. If you're filling out an application for a particular job or um whatever it may be, and they ask, uh, ask you for your ethnicity, it's completely fine to give them your ethnicity uh, and your gender, whether you're male or female, that you're not going to be able to, not yet. I, I think that's going to come a little while down the line. You're not going to be able to get away with uh, without identifying that because that's going to be part of your biological and external uh, identity. Like if I knew you and I don't know you, I don't think, but if I knew you personally, I would know whether or not you are Caucasian, or uh, Latino or Asian or a mixture of that, uh, African-American or a mixture, because many of us are mixtures, I would know you by 
your ethnic uh, uh, characteristics and also by your gender. I would know you by that and you would want me to know you by that. But that does not constitute our status as Christians. Now, now I do I do agree with the gender part, but I do I do believe like when God created man and God created a woman from the rib of Adam, which was from man, he he described them as man and woman. I do believe that God did give gender differences, but I don't believe that God Himself created these race differences. They all came from Adam and Eve, and we stem from that. And based on where we were in the world when we were created, we came with different changes. And so with, with evolution, you know, whatever they want to call it. Don't do time, that. Don't go down that road. You're getting in yeah, trouble. I'm not talking about I'm not talking about evolution in the sense of like what, what science calls but just There's only one ev John. Uh, John. John, there's a, you're getting in trouble. There's only one evolution, and that evolution technically is not defined by the Bible. Now, if you're going to use the biblical model, if you're going to be a, a, a biblicist, you can start in Genesis 1-1 and affirm what Romans 5-12 says, by one man sin entered into the world. God created all men yeah. by one man. That's Acts 17 and Acts 14. But he explicitly stated in Acts 14 that he placed men all over the world as different ethnic groups. Now, I agree with you. If we use the word race properly, there's only one race, and it's the human race. I would totally agree yeah. with you on that. But yeah. we, there is ethnic distinction, and ethnic distinction is critical to identity because we have ethnic origins. We all come from one, Adam, and then we came from Noah and his three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And they actually yeah. repopulated the world, and God spread them ab- abroad by his sovereign providence after they tried to exalt themselves above God at the Tower of Babel, and he purposely put them in the different regions of the world with our different unique hues and our different unique talents and our youth different unique biological uh, distinctives in those areas yet we are one blood and in that sense there's no different races but we are ethnically different and those have value in terms of why god put us there so um that's the way you do it don't talk about evolution on a biological level it doesn't exist no no, I'm not talking about. I'm, I mean, the word itself means change. Got it. So over time, people have changed, as you can see now. You know, there's there's DNA that's been changed over time. So that's what I'm referring to. Okay. Now we, we now when, when I talk about these these issues, it's so funny is how we get so caught up on this identity yeah. that we are being distracted and in our walk with God. Yep. what he really wants I agree. in our lives. I agree. And so it's like it's like I don't want to further the 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 agenda of the devil. Yeah. So I don't identify with this worldly standard of what they call evolution or racial differences. I agree. You know what I'm saying? I do. I, I agree. And so I believe I believe we're all created to glorify God and we either glorify him or we glorify the devil. Yep. And, and that's what we, that's what we do. And, and and with that and with that stance, you will um, you will find that will there will be few people who will side with you with that stand, even within the Christian community, because it's really 
It's really biblically like it was before Christ came, Jew and Gentile. Those were the two categories, and it, that had nothing to do with ethnicity. It's very clear that Jew and Gentiles were of the same ethnic group. To be a true Jew was not about blood. It's not about blood today if we were really to deal with it. I'll be honest with you. To be a true Jew was all about your view of God. And and, and if you were a believer in the one true and living God and Jesus Christ whom he had sent, the second person of the blessed Godhead, along with the third person who reveals Christ to you, then you were a true Jew. But uh, the the notion that, you know, we have all these categories today, um, the Bible would lay it out like this today. Either we are um, believers in God through Christ or we are uh, unsaved people. We are just unsaved earthly people. There's a heavenly people and there's an earthly people. There is a a Christian people who have been redeemed and are being redeemed. And then there's the non-redeemed. That's all. Those are the two categories we're dealing with. That's right. Yeah, I agree. Bless you, man. Thanks for the call. God bless you. Yeah. All right. We got to take another break. When I come back, let me see who I got on the deck. On the launching deck, it's Kiana and then Eddie from Nevada. Two lines open, 1-888-367-5329, But the notion of uh, uh, new creatures in Christ and then the redeemed and non-redeemed, the saved and unsaved, um, that that dual category has never, ever successfully achieved its goal in the Christian church, even in the first century. The apostles collapsed into categories, um, you know, from time to time, uh, not fully embracing a, a true Jew uh, construct. And then from then on throughout the early church history, all the way up into the first millennium, uh, ethnicity became an issue. And the next thing you know, territory, and the next thing you know, power, and the next thing you know, the corrupt corruption of the church and hence uh, imperialism and European domination and a lot of the stuff that's at the root of the conflict that we are experiencing in American Europe today, backlashes of imperialism, backlashes of Eurocentrism, all of that stuff, because the church has never successfully uh, abandoned uh, secularism in terms of its identity. All right, I got to take a break. Two lines open, one 367 I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. All right, we're back to the time, 624. One line open, one 888 Let's go to line number three and talk with Kiana in San Leandro. Kiana, are you there? Yes. Hi, Pastor Jesse. How are you? Hi, fine. I was just calling because, like, I caught the beginning of the program where mm-hmm. you were reading an article about right. the pedophilia being taught in schools. Sure. And that is, like, that is crazy, and I already told the people at my son's school that you guys are not going to teach him any type of um, LGBT history, any of that. And even some of the sexual education stuff, I feel like those are things that parents need to teach them. Well, they're going to teach it anyway. What public school does he go to? He is in, um, he goes to John Muir. Oh, yeah. Okay. So if he's not in a, uh, Kiana, if he's not in a charter school that promises to uphold the wishes of parents in the area of sexual or gender uh, identity or gender or, or as they call it now, sexual orientation, it is mandated to be taught. 
by California. California is the leading proponent in this multi-gendered uh, expression, uh, uh, sexual orientation, uh, you know, uh, agenda. And so it's going to be mandated that he be taught. They might tell you, okay, we'll let you know, but it's going to be in the curriculum. It's going to be in the text. And even if it's not in the curriculum in the text, most of the teachers that are going to be teaching are liberal teachers whose goal they believe will be, in fact, to um, propagandize your child. How old is your child? Um, he's 11. Okay, um, yeah, he's right gotten, there. He's right yeah, there. I've gotten, yeah, we had those conversations that that's not what, our, what God intended for men and women to be doing with the same sex. Right, right. That's not what he intended. And they also, they, they've sent out things where we can opt out Right. when they do teach it. So I do fill those out, but you know, they slick and they may not send it home. Well, and then again, you know, as I stated, a lot of it won't be official uh, class dates with this particular curriculum expressed where they will inform the parents. It simply will be part of the uh, narrative of the teacher. The teachers are late. This is all the way. This is so pervasive in uh, junior college, colleges, high schools, this whole issue of gender is absolutely pervasive because it's the next civil rights identity marker. This is the next watershed debate because this is part of the breakdown of a biblical worldview and the categories of a patriarchal model, a heterosexual family, uh, a biblical marriage paradigm, um, a gender-specific creation order. In the beginning, he created the male and female. Their goal is to dismantle the gospel, and it's the role of the church to make sure that while they may dismantle the gospel in their own lives, uh, that the church does not allow itself to be reshaped in the image of this Babylonian system, i.e., the the, the very clear moral uh, and ethical principles that constitutes the character of God and the character of man and his calling. That's going to be something that the church will have to hold to and godly families. And I'm afraid that at some point it won't be long before the proper cry, which came by the SBC Southern Baptist uh, Conference a number of years ago to just all truly committed Christian families, pull your kids out of public school because it was that way many, many years ago when secularism was so rampant, particularly around evolution uh, some 70, 80 years ago. Um, and, and it has made its run now up to where we are now, you know, defining gender as if there's no God to define the gender, we are going to have to simply succumb to the fact that either we establish new schools, we homeschool, we charter school or what have you, but you're going to find it very hard to uh, keep your kids in a public school setting without them being indoctrinated. And it doesn't mean that they're going to be indoctrinated successfully because I did get my kids through middle school and high school. Uh, but it was because me and their mom were all on top of their biblical worldview, all on top of who they should be. Uh, and yet I'll tell you from experience, they don't go unscathed. Um, it's, it's a battle to be fought. So yeah, just love your son. Uh, help him to understand what 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 the biblical worldview is and and pray much for him that he would be able to overcome this. This will be uh, very prominent and very at the front and center in about a decade. The issue of pedophilia becoming tolerated and then becoming commonplace. Uh, once we're there, 
America is completely and 100 percent totally secularized, as is the case with Europe, because a lot of what we're dealing with on a political level, Kiana, is already just taking place in practice all over the world. Pedophilia, pederasty is a common practice in high places among wealthy people in all of your dark places where Christ is not at all tolerated. It's it's what's dominated in the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church historically is just corrupt through and through with pedophilia and pederasty. It's just a terrible reality. And until people start facing it, that it's in the church as well, uh, in the apostate church, for sure, uh, we're, we're sticking our head in the sand. All right, girl, bless you. <laughs> Let me go to line number four and talk with Eddie before I take a break. Eddie on line number four. Eddie from Nevada. Eddie, are you there? Yes, sir. What's your question, comment, or observation, sir? Well, I'm going to run with a theory of why people are drawn to the left party. Okay. Um, there is a guilt. I wrote this down. There is a guilt and shame complex that draws people to left to the left party as a form of atonement because they do not live a reconciliation, repentant lifestyle. The left has disguised their movement as freedom. The soul itself does not know what to do with the truth. And being leftist teaches a fake works-based religion. That's a good general definition, I, I think. Uh, it, it, from a psychological, from a psychosociological standpoint, I think that that's a very good working definition. I could improve upon it for sure. But I think I will accept that there will there is a fundamental tenet in what you're saying, Eddie, where on the left, particularly progressives, they are fit to be tied since they've gotten trapped mm. by a critical theory um, lens by which they are now uh, viscerally opposing a patriarchal model, opposing a biblical model, uh, and now that they have to admit that uh, w- uh, class uh, warfare has taken place for many centuries, and in, in, uh, which many of them, as you know, children of the elite culture, uh, are now opening up to the real- reality that there are levels of oppression that have occurred on the, the lives of minorities. They are doing a kind of social penance. I agree with you on that. The social justice framework is really a social penance that has no real atonement behind it. It has no real forgiveness behind it, and therefore it can have no real uh, conscious satisfaction. All it is is a works religion on a horizontal plane. I agree with you fully. Well, that's all I had to say, and I I really appreciate your topics. I did stop reading the news as a exercise for Lent for 40 days. Uh I I went back to it, and I am I am reading it very gently and trying to figure out what is worth reading. And honestly, nothing's changed probably since, you know, Ecclesiastes. At the same time, um, it's worth knowing tidbits. And um, Well, the Bible is clear that a wise man discerneth both time and judgment. It is critically mm-hmm. important that we know the seasons because otherwise we cannot speak prophetically and we're called to speak prophetically. Jesus knew his culture. He knew the world and he was mm-hmm. able to speak into it in a pointed way. And that's what we try to do on this program. So be in the know because you're going to always see God's elect swimming in the murky waters of an, un, uh, an unredeemed culture. You won't know them as God's elect until you share the gospel with them and they be 
become believers. They'll look like everybody else. They'll be part of that crazy culture. But when you share the lifeline of redemption through the shed blood of Jesus Christ and they come to realize that they are God's sheep, then they will hear God's voice and they will come out. And so always be close enough to actually engage people. And to do that, you got to know you got to know these issues. But ask God to keep you uh, discerning because that's what I have to do. Lord, give me discernment as I read this stuff so that I can be helpful to people who are still walking in darkness. Bless you, my dear brother. Let me see Thank here. You. I got to take a break. When I come back, I'll get you Pete. I'll get you Sophia and I'll get you James. Sophia and James will have a good time. The Lord willing. One line open. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. So we're back. The time is six thirty seven. The LGBT umbrella in rebranding effort. Just listen to this before I go back to the phone line. July 10th, 2018, a pedophile group is trying to destigmatize pedophilia by calling themselves. Now, watch this. Since we got all of these gender specific categories, they call themselves maps. Maps. What is that? Minor attracted persons. This is what we call the perversion of euphemistic phraseology or terminology. Well, that's what the word gay is. It's a euphemism. The word gay never originally meant that. I hope you guys know that. But now you have what are called minor attractive persons. And this is going to make its way into the school system. You know why? Because MAPS does not come off as egregious or as offensive as pedophiles or pederastics. Gay groups are up in arms because in the process, the same pedophile group is claiming to be part of the LGBT community, even having gone so far as to create their own version of the rainbow flag for gay pride month. The article goes on to say this should come up as no surprise. In essence, the map group is attempting to rehitch its wagon to the gay community, which for the sake of political and judicial and expediency distanced themselves from the pedophile causing a uh, cause because beginning rather a few decades ago for the last dozen years or so, the gay rights movement has focused the lion's share of its energy on what appears to many to be conservative issues, winning same-sex marriage and the right to openly serve in the military. Yet the warm, fuzzy, family-oriented American as baseball and apple pie picture of gay culture presented to the world by gay activists is a far cry from the movement's origin in the 60s, 70s, when groups like NAMDA, North American Man-Boy Love Association, were an integral part of their coalition. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to continue reading that This is what I've been saying for years about the strategy of the Trojan horse system. When people are ignorant of uh, uh, the Trojan horse uh, methodology of coming in under the banner of something less maniacal, only once they get on the inside, um, all of the adversaries break out at night when the unsuspecting culture is asleep. Then the next thing you know is the slippery slope of all of these different groups now wanting to take on their legitimacy and right to be in existence. And my argument for them would be this. What moral grounds? What moral ethical ground? What absolute universal moral ethical ground would the LGBT community? LGBTQ community have? to restrain identification with pedophiles. 
I've said this to many of the homosexuals who have wanted to debate me. What is your moral framework for justifying limitation to children? This was one of the uh, statements made by uh, one of the readers of that article who said, I actually have zero problems with, watch this, polygamy. If all are consenting adults, I give zero expletive what someone does in their bedroom if they are consenting adults see this is the ignorance of people who don't recognize that how we behave in secret eventually comes out in public eventually it does that true moral ethical principles impact every aspect of our life even how we think ultimately but that doesn't matter if there's no god now if there's a god it matters they go on to say the moment you involve children you need to be in jail Unfortunately, we are rewatching Greek and Roman history through a modern lens. Now, this is someone who was recognizing the slippery slope developing amongst the gay community with the pedophilia groups. But this individual has no ground to stand upon either. In my argument, you see, when you abandon biblical standards, biblical morals, the codified truth of God's word as your standard for truth, now you only have arbitrary cultural uh, laws and rules that you can implement when you're in power. So whoever's in power gets to make the law. But it's completely arbitrary. And as you see, the force of nature as unsaved people, as unregenerate men and women, given over to our lusts, according to Romans 1 and other passages, Ephesians 4, etc. It's impossible for us to stave off a wholesale abandonment of morals and, 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 and parameters and guidelines. Eventually, we are moving into uh, pedophilia and pederasty and ultimately bestiality in the final category will be artificial intelligence amore. I told you that long ago. Why? Because the heart of man is desperately wicked above all things who can know it. Now, what is God going to have to do? He's going to have to let the world and the church go utterly corrupt before men and women begin to see how vile they are by nature and that the only remedy for our problem is a real renewal of the soul, a real renewal of the soul. It will not do to just play religion. It will not do to just be ceremonially uh, observant of rituals and and praetor notters and 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 smoke and mirrors and 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 relics. It will not do unless you are truly born again, so that the Spirit of God has His way in your heart, mind, and soul on a transformational level, connecting you with the Word of Life, which is the power of God and the salvation. Uh, to everyone that truly believes until that really happens. All we are is caged animals waiting to break out and uh, run the world. If I rule the world, let me go to line number one and talk with Pete and Morgan Hill. Pete, are you there? Yeah. Hi, Pastor Jesse. How are you? Um, I, I'm well, I'm doing really well. I just heard what you were saying. I came in the middle. I'm sorry. I wasn't in the beginning. I was calling about something unrelated. And if I, if it's not something that's, a question that you want to feel that I just listened to what you said. I was literally calling about my 93 year old mom uh-huh. and talking about what you recommend uh, as passages and just your, your opening up uh, a coming to Christ assurance of faith and, yeah. and, and I, the assurance of faith. And that was what was on my mind and heart. I came, kind of came in the middle. And the second question that just came up listening to you is, uh, if there are pedophiles out there listening uh, about them, too, you hear about these pedophiles and you hear about God converting pedophiles. And 
Obviously, they'll, they'll probably still struggle with the sin, but they'll sure. be broken of it. Sure. So that's actually a second thing that just came up. So my first question was your uh, recommendation. She's listening to R.C. Sproul, Stephen Lawson. We're going through the scriptures together. But I'd love to get your opinion, if this is the right time, regarding assurance from my mom, because I'm living with her. And the second thing about this whole pedophile thing, now that you brought it up, and them coming to repentance and faith. Two things, and I'll let you go quickly. You you are listening sure. to good men when you listen to R.C. Sproul, which I have loved, and, 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 and Lawson, which is a giant among our present-day uh, scholars and preachers. I love him for being both a scholar and a preacher. Um, you can you can't go wrong with their with their sound soteriology uh, in terms of mom a <clears throat> mom acquiring assurance. <clears throat> you and I cannot give her assurance. What we can do is set forth a clear message of salvation where the exclusivity exclusivity of Jesus Christ as her sole grounds for acceptance before God is constantly set forth. It's the job of the Holy Spirit to give our loved ones assurance. What we give them is the security of a gospel message that says my sheep hear my voice another they will not follow i give them eternal life and they shall never perish they neither shall any pluck them out of my hand my father is greater than i i and my father are one and no one will ever be able to pluck them out of my father's hand this here is the security of the gospel when men and women trust in jesus christ as their lord and savior and to the degree that she continues to listen like to men like uh, Lawson and uh, and R.C., the late R.C. Sproul, uh, the Spirit of God has all of the equipment to give her uh, a sense of assurance as she prepares to cross Jordan. You're doing a good job. Oh, thanks. Yeah, concerning our, pe- our pedophile brothers uh, out there, uh, and there are sisters that are in that category, too. I know them. They are saved. They do have their struggle. But we all do. Uh, and they can make it and we can make it by the grace of God. We just have to be serious about a cross centered theology that mortifies the lust of the flesh. We got to be serious about it. Got to take a break. Uh, Sophia and James, I'll close with you. You guys hang in there. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. We are back. Let me go to line two quickly and talk with Sophia and Sunnyvale. Sophia, are you there? Yes, I am. I try to be very quick. Excuse my uh, English. It's not the greatest. You but... sound just fine. Oh, thank you for that. This is around, my mind is like blown by so, so, so many things I want to say. Be very quick. To quickly go to that man who called Eddie, mm-hmm. I think he was giving too much credit. I agree with him, um, but I think too much credit is giving, he's giving too much credit for people who want to go to the Democratic Party saying they have guilt. I think it, the bottom line, maybe years ago, I think they're, they're evil. And you, you brought it home uh, a few minutes ago. It, evil, it's an excuse for their evil, evilness, if that's a word, to come out. <laughs> and, and they go to this party. And then there's always a villain, which happens to be now, Trump and the right wings and, and the white supremacists. Thank God those disgusting people aren't very much in this country. Mm-hmm. But I have lived under oppression. I saw my mother raped by soldiers. I don't want to talk about it because I get so upset. Sure. But anyway, but the bottom line is that none of it, it it's too late. It's too late, Pastor Jesse, for us to be worrying about, uh, you know, our identity. And you say I agree. so correctly. I agree. Identity politics is disgusting. We need to stop this victim. I'm not, I'm a victim. I'm sure you your callers are Me too. They're black men who have been raised, well, yep. you know, they're relatives. But no, now is the time. I am not a victim. I am saved by the blood of Jesus. Agreed. I am 
saved. Yep. And I am not a victim, and I and we need to focus on that and forget all the other things. And and and, and because look at this world, you 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 were so magnificent tonight that the the the, the pedophilia. I can't even believe what's happening. Yep. But you you predicted it. But no, we have to stop this thing about the black. And and a lot of times callers they called your shot. Be honest, they, they want they don't want to let go of that nope. victimhood. Nope. They don't want to let go of that white. Uh, that that the whites have oppressed them or whatever it is, whatever group. I'm not saying just that, but we we have to forget that. I've been oppressed, but you know, as a woman, I was. I don't want to talk about. It. But anyway, <laughs> it, the time is for all of us to say it, it, we are saved. We are, and, and then you of course deal with it. But that that's the bottom line. It's too late. Look what's happening in this world. We have to fight against it. But but we can't be effective unless our focus is on how blessed and we are saved. Through the blood of Christ. Yep. Period. Yep. So I'm sorry, I'm talking so fast. No, you're I okay. Want, you're okay. I want James to get time too, and I know he's <laughs> waiting. And so I, but I, I thank God for you, Jesse, yeah. Pastor Jesse. Pray for me. Oh, uh, I pray for you. Yeah, and, and and stay on the and stay on the right side of uh, an optimistic faith because that's what you're talking about, and I do too. Because the rest of it uh, are compromises that will distract us from the riches that are in Christ that are available to anybody that really wants to come up out of identity politics, out of out of uh, social justice paradigms that don't have any kind of power behind it. I mean, first we have to be able to secure our relationship with God in Christ and be able to. Do Declare that, as you said, we're we're saved people. We are saved. We are being saved. We will be saved. And from that place, we throw out the the lifeline of salvation through Christ to others, uh, and not be distracted. I agree with you totally. God has healed us from many of the afflictions that have come in our life in our unconverted state, uh, from a lot of atrocity, from a lot of victimization, from a lot of assault. On so many levels, we've been afflicted, and that's. God comes to save and he saves us and we're in the process of being healed and we want to now be prophetic and priestly. Thank you for the call, my dear sister. Let me go yeah. to line number three and talk with James as we close it down. Uh, Brother James, I ain't heard from you for, the, for a moment, man. What's going on? Well, I'm still, I'm still on the course, trying to stay on this narrow course, my brother. I'm going to get out here to see you, but, 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 but it's good. You know, I got you in prayer. You and my pastor and everybody else out yeah. here is on the front line. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I haven't left you, but I've been trying to get out here to see you soon. But I just barely caught this last hour. That's how busy I've been. And like you said, everything has already been prophesied. We know this is going to happen. I just say just strive to stay on this this narrow road. Yep. Anything outside of that is disaster. I agree. Eventually. It, it, it's disaster. But from everything that you had talked about beforehand, because, you know, I'm— you know, part of the public school system. Right. And I haven't given, and I, and I look, I tell people, you know, we have, obviously we have pessimists, optimists, and realists. Yep. I, I, I'm between a realist and an optimist. Amen. You know, because I believe we still have the victory and we still have the chance, but it's going to take all of us as believers to come together, if at all possible. And I know, I understand what you're saying about it. it's too late for the school system, but I still believe that the power, that the parents still have the power. You know, oh, oh, no uh, doubt about that. That 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 has to be asserted. 
uh, and, and established as one of the premier strategies of a Christian uh, stance against the apostasy and against the Babylonian deconstructionism of our world. We have to hold to the biblical mandate that he made them male and female in the image of God created he him uh, in the image of God created he them. And then he gave them the first mandate, and that is to procreate. So the family is at the foundation of uh, preserving the Imago Dei, the image of God in man. And, and that can only occur through redemption in Christ. So you and I definitely want to let families know this is on us. How, how, however way things fall out in this world, as long as families are clear that they have a mandate by God in the presence of the spirit of God and the word of God as the sword of the spirit to deal with this crazy culture. We don't have to get out of the culture. We just have to be insulated. We don't have to isolate. We just have to be clear on who we are and don't move from the message because the apostate church is moving from the message. Jesus Christ is sovereign Lord. We are sinners ruined by the fall. We can be redeemed by the blood. We can be regenerated by the Holy Ghost. And that's the only real solution. Now, when we keep talking like that, we will be isolated. We will be marginalized. We will ultimately be persecuted. But that is what it means to be a true believer. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Yep. Uh, and, and I think they have to, but we, but we have to constantly stay with that message because it's so easy, unfortunately, to drift in our society. Yep. You yep. yep. Put, it in, put it in part. And at any time, we have to keep the pedal to the metal, especially in today's culture, because there is so much. We have to continue to be, uh, listen to people like yourself and stay equipped. Yep. Because it's so easy to, you know, it's, it's so easy to become complacent. Yep. And that's all that uh, the enemy uh, wants. I just read a quote out of a book. You're probably familiar with it. Uh, this was of a godly man. Like, I know you are. I'm yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are. I know you. And, and one of the quotes, because we're reading that out of the brother's church, and one of the things that, 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 that arrested me was that, which I was sure of, is that the enemy is not trying to just develop hatred uh, between us and God, but more or less just, more of a distraction, more yeah. of a uh, apathy, just, apathy, you know, because we're, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, apathy, brother. Being, he don't care about yeah. us being, listen, he doesn't care about us being <laughs> believers. He don't care about us going to church. He don't care about hooping and hollering. He just don't want nobody being serious about Jesus. That's all he don't want. That's all Absolutely, he doesn't want. Brother. Listen, I'm okay. going to let you go. My time is up. You still you still on Friday and Saturday night, Man, right? please. You know, I'm, I'm on okay. my post, brother. By the grace do. of God, I'm on my post. When you come in, I'll see you. You're going to always be one of the tallest brothers in the church. So I look forward to seeing you when you show up. No, I'm on my post. God bless you, boy. God bless you. Uh, and yeah, this is a simple message, you guys. I'm getting ready to shut it down. Is uh, uh, If we have been uh, apathetic, if we've been cold, if we've been lackadaisical, if we've drifted from the gospel, you're in danger. You're in danger of apostasy, too. You might not be saved. Uh, drifting can be a clear evidence that you had a form of godliness and denying the power thereof. If you cater to this modern message and this modern presentation of, of no real clear confrontational proclamation of the gospel, calling men and women to repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. This lackadaisical, over-syrupy love that's not even really the biblical kind of love that, that, that was depicted by regenerate men and women in the first century, you might be in trouble. 
You might be in trouble because what God does is he gives us love for men, love enough to be bold enough to tell men and women the true condition of the heart. We're lost. Lost as a goose in a snowstorm and we can't save ourselves. We need a God who can see through the fog, grab us by the hand and snatch us back in the right direction. And then we give him glory for because he saved us all by himself. Till next time, God bless you. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.